Hi, I'm Paul Cuddehy and welcome to the Duran Duran Albums Podcast. And I'm Molly Williams. Join us as we take you on a musical journey of 40 years, 14 albums, countless great songs, and lots of great Duran Duran memories. From the band's self-titled debut album in 1981, through to the Paper Gods release in 2015, and, fingers crossed, a new album in 2021, the Duran Duran Albums podcast celebrates each of the studio albums while telling the story of the band. We chat through each album track by track, pick some of our favourite songs and memories from when the album was first released, and ask podcast listeners to give us their thoughts on each record. And we'll also have interviews with other Duran Duran fans throughout the course of this series, as well as extra episodes on everything from non-album songs, favourite gigs and the band's various side projects. So while you might want to save a prayer till the morning after, listen to the podcast now. Subscribe, spread the word, and celebrate 40 years of great music on the Duran Duran Albums Podcast. Molly, we have reached album number 15, Future Past, which came out in October 2021. And you and I, before we started recording this, were just chatting about how much we've enjoyed the podcast. But also, it's almost been a full year that we've been doing this. We posted the trailer that just to say that we were coming soon on the 25th of March when we had an introduction episode. And then the, the episode of the very first album, the Duran Duran album, the first of the 15 albums came out. The 26th of April, 2021, we posted that. Where has the time gone? My mind has been blown by that one, <laughs> definitely, you know, because it has been such a fantastic journey. Everybody uses that phrase these days, but, you know, it has been quite the journey going through all of these albums. And I can't believe it's been a year since we kicked it off. There'll be people sitting there going, what's taking them so long? Well, you know, life gets in the way, doesn't it? And it's been a weird old life for everybody in the last 24 months. So um, hopefully the last 12 months with us and this podcast has given a few people some joy. Exactly. It's been, a, I mean, it has been an absolute blast. And I think in every episode we end up repeating ourselves. But I think, you know, we've said it loads of times that what it's done is certainly re-engaged I don't know if re-engaged is the right word, my love of the band, but certainly it's made me really dive into the whole back catalogue and really start to listen more closely and appreciate the body of work. You know, everybody knows all the hits, probably of all the albums, but then for us to be able to just pick in at random, you know, say the Big Thing album, to get back into that again and, and listen through it. These have been things that have been real highlights for me. It has, and and, you know, I think I started off doing this podcast kind of as a bit of a, a trip down memory lane to really relive my teenage years. And it's become something so much more because number one, I have never spent this span of time sitting and listening to music and, and really studying it and concentrating it and researching on it kind of thing. So, so that's been a totally new thing for me. But also weirdly, over the course of the last year, I can't say that I have been really big into music in general. I, I seem to go in peaks and troughs with my music fandom, and it feels like it has been so focused on Duran Duran. I'm not complaining at all. I think, you know, it's, it's a brilliant thing. And maybe now we're coming 
towards the end of, of doing these um, podcasts that I'm actually starting to buy tickets for gigs and I'm maybe getting back into music in general. So, so maybe, you know, doing this podcast has reinvigorated my love of, of music in general. And we're still await, certainly in the UK, an announcement of the Future Past Tour. I know that the other day from when we were recording this, that they'd announced quite a few dates in North America with Now Rogers and Chic supporting them, which is just like the dream bill for me. Absolutely. They just need to pull their finger out. I don't know. They've got a few um, festivals planned, don't they, over the summer here in the UK? Well, I, I think it will be a, an autumn winter tour of the UK and Europe. That's my prediction. Obviously, this is I was going to be revisiting Future Past. We did a, a podcast episode when it first came out, and we thought it'd be quite a good idea. I mean, that's nearly six months now since it's it's been released. That we can. How did that happen? I know we can we can revisit it. We've also got the last part seventeen and the final part of the Duran Duran story that my daughter will narrate later on. But what we thought we'd do is start off with. The Twitter comments, because there has been many of them for this album, I think. I think obviously people have really engaged with this album. And when we asked for people to to comment on it, we were absolutely swamped, which I thought was brilliant because then it's a sign that obviously people are are listening to the podcast and enjoying it and then interacting with us. So that is really brilliant. So I think we should just really crack on uh, because there's loads to get through and want to try and get through everybody. start with a very short sweet one from tomorrow's rain who again is someone who's you know been a regular supporter of the podcast who just says i love the whole album easily in the top three duran duran albums for me so straight in there after six months it's in the top three for tomorrow's rain awesome good shout next one up we have is strider tag married without children yet what they're saying is not the greatness that many people claim for me the skinny white jeans, trademark, I love that bit, lifestyle is not my cup of tea. The good, wing, beautiful lies, hammerhead, nothing less, falling, and the bonus track, laughing boy. Also good, the video for anniversary. Overall, a mid-tier album for me, let's say 8 out of 15. So even though it's mid-tier for him, still has most of the album listed as good or also good. Because <laughs> I think when we speak, we were speaking before about how do you rate your top 15 albums? How do, you, how do you manage to pick them? And I've made a good stab at it. I think I've got them more or less. I certainly know what my top five are. I just haven't quite worked out the positions. But that for me, when you get to about six to 12, there's a real fluidity that, you know, for example, like some people have picked Future Past at number eight. I'm sure if they looked at it, they can make a case for it for being number six or number 10. It's just because there's a lot of it, the, the work is really really solid. Graham, who got in touch with us, Future Past is number eight in his Duran Duran album chart as well. He says, when it's good, it's great. Uh, Invisible, anniversary, nothing less, and especially falling or top Duran Duran. When it's not good, I now have to skip over, and he names Future Past, Beautiful Lies, and Tonight United, uh, which do nothing for him. But he does say, new material into a fifth decade class lasts. And I couldn't agree more, you know, that we, and we have talked about it probably in every single one of the episodes, how amazing that this band of ours has lasted, you know, 40 odd years now, and they're still going strong. 
Next, we have um, one of our regulars, Velvet Rebel Music, and he has said, perfectly sequenced with the bookends capturing how innovative they are, invisible, and how it all goes back to Bowie, falling. The rest is delivered in pairs. All of you and Give It All Up are the future pop. Anniversary and Future Past are the retro pop they created. Beautiful Lies and Tonight United are a tribute to the disco influence. Wing and Nothing Less reflect their more esoteric side, the Roxy Music influence. While Hammerhead and More Joy speak to their far-reaching influence over contemporary pop. Love how it unfolds. I do think Anniversary feels like a standalone single. Doesn't need to be on the album. Bit like, is there something I should know? That's a bit of an interesting concept, really. Because like anniversary was kind of the whole point of the album. You know, they had said that they wanted to mark their 40th anniversary and what better way to do it than than with an album. So I think it absolutely needed to appear as an album track. Culture Kiosk and another person who rates the album eighth out of the 15, who says, I love Give It All Up, but wish it didn't sequence into anniversary, which I would have left off. My other fave is More Joy. That's what I'm talking about. He says, having lived in Asia, I love the cutesy Asian vibe. Can see why some might not get it. All of you is very good and nothing less with an almost Arcadian El Diablo vibe and Simon Le Bon's daughter and backing vocals is great too. Don't rate the bonus tracks too much and the cover feels more like a natural follow-up to All You Need Is Now. I like that. That's interesting, you know, that he's picking up about the, uh, the cutesy Asian vibe. And have you ever spent any time over in Asia, Paul? Is that the reason why you like it? It's a continent I have never been to. It's just, it's, you can't be a, a joyous pop song like that. Next one up is Amy Harbour, and she says, it's top five, and I better get Beautiful Lies in a live set. Now that's going to be interesting when they do start doing their, their tour and uh, their live gigs, just to see what is going to appear on, on the, the set list. Black Star Scorpio got in touch with us to say, now that the initial excitement of new music has passed, I find I'm not really listening to it a lot. Highlights for me are nothing less. All of you, Laughing Boy and More Joy. The low points are Future Past, Invisible and Tonight United. It kind of sits mid-table in the album ranking. Interestingly, you know, we were talking about, I think it's going to intrigue everybody what they are going to play in their new set and what new songs and again, just before we started recording this, I think they appeared in America in the James Corden show, and it was Tonight United that they, they played live. So that would, for me, it would tend to suggest that's certainly going to be one of the songs that will be part of the live set when they, they go back on the road. And I actually, I saw um, the clip on YouTube of The Late Show with James Corden, and I was quite interested about the fact that they did choose Tonight United. And yeah, you could be you could be entirely right that, that you know, they're kind of, test driving their set list, but I wouldn't have chosen tonight United, but there you go. That's me. I'm very opinionated tonight. So I do apologize. I'm not trying to like, everybody's entitled to their opinions, but uh, you're getting mine tonight. Uh, The next uh, tweet comes from Graham D. Richardson. He says, ranked at fourth, happy with that. Feels about right. Absolute favorites are wing, nothing less, falling and laughing boy. Beautiful lies was initially my least favorite and still is. It just could have been better. Feels like it's building up to something, but never quite gets there. And the next comment that we have, the Twitter handle, the name is Struck by TLOS, whatever that means, who says, I really love that every song brings something special for me, except more joy. That song just isn't my cup of tea. So nine out of 10, disappointed in that. Highlights are Give It All Up, 
Invisible, Future Past. Well, all of them really, but my standout is Wing, just a beautiful song. Then we have uh, Delisa, Cat Lover Without One. It exceeds my expectation. I always like that sort of thing because it's like, you know, you, you're never quite sure what, what, you're, um, what level things are going to uh, hit at. And then if something exceeds your expectations, that has to be the highest accolade, I think, in my, in my eyes. She goes on to say Simon's voice, uh, invisible, falling, wing, anniversary, and all of you, among others. I'm happy to be able to stream the deluxe version. I skip more joy and mixed feelings about Tonight United, even though I raise my fist at the end. Yes, either fifth or sixth. Okay, so it's climbing higher. But it goes yeah. back down a wee bit with Aaron Kinski, who says, all of you and Hammerhead are my favourites. Tonight United is the low point for me. Often have to skip it. This changes so much, but I currently rank it as 7 out of 15. Then we have Aang Strigel. Laughing Boy and Give It All Up are the best tracks. Low points for me are the title track and Tonight United. I'm starting to sense a thing. I skipped them both. Not sure yet where the album ranks yet overall, but it's pretty solid. Well, CK Shortell, who again is another longtime supporter of the podcast, uh, says very solid. Least favourites are still 6 out of 10 for me. Need more time to properly rank it. For example, I have grown to like Astronaut far more as time has passed. Favourite tracks, All of You, love the disco vibe. Invisible, Nothing Less, Beautiful Lies, Falling, Tonight United and Laughing Boy. I think Roger shines on this album. Woo! Couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think, that, to be fair, I think they all shine in this album. I think they're all at the top of their game for this album. I think so as well. And I know that we we mentioned in the the first Future Past podcast that we did that the producers that they worked with on this one, they were really telling them to focus on playing their instruments and, and really playing them well. John Taylor, his bass throughout this album is just amazing. Roger's drums are just amazing. Nick's keyboards are fantastic. You know, Graham Cox and his guitar blows you out of the water. And then of course, Simon's voice, it has definitely stood the test of time and, and, you know, if not even gotten better. So yeah, I think they all should get a high five. I'm quite happy to personally deliver that anytime they, they feel the need. Anyways, next one up is Phil. And what he says is I would put it in top five, maybe four behind Rio, the debut album and big thing, and maybe notorious by far the best this century. Astronaut has its charms, but Future Past is stronger. Highlights include Invisible, Anniversary, and Nothing Less. This will be in rotation for a while. Top four, maybe top four. So that's the that's maybe the highest ranking to date. Unfortunately, CJ Silver Halo says it's 12 out of 15 for them. And they said they actually originally tweeted they had ranked it 11 out of 15. And then says, I deleted my 11 out of 15 because I remembered that I like Liberty more than Future Past controversial this game's all about opinions of course but um my guess would be that liberty would probably at the lower end of the the 15 for a lot of people then we've got k marie and they say it's still a thrill bringing more joy here hammerhead is my fave but i love them all just about equally except one sadly tonight united speaking for the deluxe cd the sequencing is exceptional well kelly says that Future Past ranks number two on my top Duran Duran albums. Kelly, what is your number one? I'm going to guess that it is real, but I could be wrong. Kelly says they mixed the, their older sound with this generation's sound and created an absolute masterpiece album. 
My top tracks have to be Anniversary, Hammerhead and Tonight United. I think that's one of the first times that Tonight United has, has appeared in, in one of the uh, top tracks. Next one up is, is I-70 Dan. And he says, this is how it starts. Future Past is such a solid album. Rating 5 out of 15 for now. More Joy needs another verse. Uh, first album that I bought more than one vinyl copy. And I've seen that a lot on Twitter. The people buying all the different LP versions, you know, like the colored uh, vinyl and, and everything like that. So I have noticed that there are quite a few Duran Duran fans with probably quite a big collection of future past albums. Do you know that, that always interests me because it's then all about the collectible element of it because they're obviously, it's you know, they're just playing the same music on a different, perhaps a different colored vinyl, but... I mean, I've, I've never really done that with uh, music. I've done it with books, actually, with, with some books that I've got several different editions or versions of the same book, but never never with albums, actually. Well, see, when it comes to both music and books, I'm all about virtual reality, and I don't have any physical copies of books, and I have very few physical copies of any CDs or albums. Here's a question for you. What happens if there's a there's a, a national power cut? That's a that's a good question, but it's not going to happen. So I have a solar panel on my van. I can charge everything in my van. Then, then sorry, I seventy Dan. Uh, he goes on to say, even the initially stranger songs like Wing grow on you. All the collaborations hit. Well, Rob Moore he says high points. Give it all up is a great pop track. Love it. I like more joy for what it is. Cheesy Casio classic. Anniversary is good. I can't believe how good Simon sounds. There's a couple of clunkers on there, but albums seem to be all like that now in this Spotify age. That's interesting, you know, um, because there have, you know, in the course of Duran Duran's discography, there have been some right clangers going on around there, but I wouldn't attribute that sort of term to any of them on Future Past, but that's what opinions are all about. The next one up is from The A.B., and they say, I loved Paper Gods, and yes, Future Past is a grower. At first, I didn't like it, but I would put it on as background music when doing tasks and found myself loving it. I'm listening to it more and more and definitely rank it top five. Simon's vocals are pristine. My favorite track, Wing, and my least favorite is More Joy. Sorry, Paul. Just as well, it's an audio podcast. The AB can't see me shaking my head there. But interestingly, the next comment I'm going to read is from someone called JT's Fans. And again, We've touched on this loads of times. I think once we start doing the episodes when we're getting people to choose their top five albums, this is where you're going to see one person's number one could be another person's number 15. Because JT's fans, so they rank the first six albums. So they start off, number one would be Notorious, number two, Big Thing, number three, Rio, four, Future Past, five, All You Need Is Now, six, Paper Gods. They say the only song in Future Past I'm not a fan of is Wing. It's kind of boring, which is complete opposite of the AB. They go on to say, All of You, Laughing Boy, Falling and Future Past are the standouts. And Invisible is a great song and nothing less as well. Excellent. And then we have uh, one of our usual contributors, Black Country Book Girl. And her highlights were Invisible, All of You, Anniversary and Future Past. Low lights include Give It All Up, Hammerhead and More Joy. Ranking as a studio album, seven, joint with Paper Gods. I really hope when they play it live that they play more joy. I think I'm going to say it now, I'll be slightly disappointed if when they do the future past, 
tour that more joy doesn't make an appearance? Well, you know, I guess that kind of calls into question. They have a few collaborations on this album and they couldn't possibly be able to get everybody's schedules aligned so they could have all of the people that they collaborated with to appear on the tour. So I think as well that, you know, that they've got the two girls that sing along with them. You know, I'm sure that Kellis didn't appear every time they sang The Man Who Stole a Leopard. They would be able to step in and give a wee bit of more joy on the night. At least I'm happy to go up on stage and, and in a high-pitched voice shout more joy. In your skinny white jeans? Listen, if I know if I'm on the tour, I'll, I'll get into a fitness regime right now so I can fit into them. <laughs> <laughs> the last comment we've got, and again, it's from uh, a long-time supporter of the podcast and somebody who we will be hearing from in a future episode, uh, Scott Parsons, who's already agreed, kindly agreed, to take part and choose his top five and we'll, we'll be chatting to him at some point in the future. So he says of future past, just outside my top five, wow, can I just ask how a 61-year-old has a voice like that? Simon's voice is incredible throughout the album and every song. All four members continue to be special in what they do, but damn, JT's bass on future past, simply phenomenal. An anniversary has actually broken into my top three all-time Duran Duran songs brackets as of today. The production of Future Past is phenomenal. If you've not listened to Future Past on high-quality headphones, do it. You are in for a sonic treat. Wing is the melodic cousin to Mediterranea. Exquisite. Hammerhead, what can I say? Great song overall, but that fucking bass, John. Seriously ridiculous. Takes the song to the next level. Wow. So there you are. I think he likes John's bass playing in that. I think maybe just a little bit. But I've always appreciated the likes of Velvet Rebel Music, Culture Kiosk, Scott. They all give real insight and analysis, I think, on the album. So, you know, it's always been such a pleasure to hear from all of these guys. Everybody who contributes to the the tweets, you know, has been amazing to hear people's takes on it all. I have learned so much from them all. So thank you very much for contributing, I have to say. Yeah, and not for the first time on the series and not for the first time in this episode, we'll put out the appeal for anyone. We've already got three or four people who have agreed to take part in these episodes we're planning to do where we're going to be chatting with different people, Duran Duran fans, listeners of the podcast, and getting them to choose their top five albums. Actually get them to rank the 15 because we'll ask them why they've chosen whatever particular album they've chosen as, as rock bottom, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Actually, I'm really looking forward to hearing what your top five will be, but I'm looking forward to just chatting through. Because even if, for example, if someone chose the same top five albums as me, what interests me is the fact that they'll have completely different reasons for choosing those top five. And that's that's why you want to hear that, because each album and each song, and they resonate differently to people because everybody's got different life experiences. So I'm really, I, I'm really looking forward to that. So if you're interested... Email us, duranduran at paulcuddehy.com or just get in touch with us via Twitter at albumsduran. We will be delighted to hear from you. I've been kind of ramping up the pressure on you because I did text you a couple of weeks ago to tell you I had more or less got my top 15 in order. So I am going to have to sit in a darkened room, I think, (laughs) and just put the headphones on and go all the way through. And I'll have to read through my notes because... Number one, I'm old and my memory just ain't what it used to be. And I need to remind myself, but it is so much. And like when we were doing our top threes, it's very much at that point in time, depending on which way the wind is blowing, your top three could vary. And I think it's going to be the same thing. I think when it comes to at least the top five. 
So yeah, we'll see what kind of mood I'm in on the day. Well, we did have a chat through the Future Past album when it first got released after a day of uh, pretending to work from home and just listening to it. But now we've had a bit of time to listen to it again and obviously a few months to let it cogitate in our minds. So if we start with the first track, we're going to go through, we'll, we'll, what we did originally is we went through the deluxe edition with all the extra tracks. So we'll do that again. First track is Invisible. What's your thoughts on that? It's still one of my favorite songs on the album, definitely. And I've put JT's thumping bass and Roger's drums are such a strong feature in the track. And I don't think it's a secret, but I love Roger's drums. So, you know, of course, I'm always going to love this song. I think um, at the time they had released four or five singles when the album was released. And we had, we had ranked the singles and Invisible was always my favorite of the, of the release singles. And I, and I think that it still is. It's funny, it reminds me, just to let people know as well, that another episode we were going to do is the first tracks of the album. So we'll, we'll obviously... It's 15 tracks and we'll chat through them and ask for what people think is what their favourite out of the 15 opening tracks are. This is one of the, I think this is a really strong start to the album. I think it's a really strong opening track. I think Duran Duran generally have really, really good songs to start their albums. This always felt, for me, always felt very Duran Duran, you know, that was very distinctive. But at the same time, I think this was the first song that came out and there was just a, a touch of the fact that it was, you know, there's a modern feel to it as well as it being quite a classically Duran Duran. And uh, I think this is a song that will stand, certainly will stand the test of time. I think so. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, it is in, in typical Duran Duran style. It set out the stall of, of what they were trying to get across, I think, on the album. And then the next track we have is All of You. This one, again, I mentioned that uh, John's bass is just super duper funky, the intro of the song. I know we've talked in the past that, some of the earlier albums, Simon is quite well known for his obscure lyrics, but uh, this one, pretty straightforward. I think you can catch the, the gist of what he's talking about on, on this uh, track, and I just love it. I think it's just, it's a great song, and I love the lyrics, and um, I think Simon's voice is definitely aged, but it's aged very well, like a fine wine, I think, on this one. So you can, you can hear that he's been through life, <laughs> I think is probably the best way to say it, but it, it's sounding fantastic. This is one of the songs that I really hope that they put in their live set because I, I think it will sound great. I think it will really get the crowd going. The intro to this is as good an intro as I can think off the top of my head for a Duran Duran song. I think the bass intro to this is just amazing. I love it. I've stuck it on so many different playlists that I make up for various things to listen to. I love everything about it. I think it's a real sing-along chorus. I think it is really danceable and I can definitely see that being a, a real hit in the live set. I also think, interestingly, we're going to give it all up and going back to what Velvet Rebel music was saying, almost as if a lot of the songs were almost like a coupling of, you know, they'd put a couple of songs that were of a similar vibe, a similar feel, a similar influence. And I can absolutely see that. I think Give It All Up leads really well from all of you. I think this was one of the songs where they, remember they played a, I think it was some TV show in America where they played a version of it, but they played the version without Tovey Lowe in it. And it was okay. It was probably the weakest, I think, for everybody, for most people, of the, the pre-album releases. But actually, see, when you, you hear it on the album, I think the song builds up really well. I think the fact that she's in it just adds something to it. It just fleshes it out. And actually, 
from being one of the songs that I was kind of nonplussed about before the album came out, this is another one which I, I really, really uh, like. I think it's a really catchy song as well. Yeah, I remember on the first Future Past podcast that we did, I was really surprised when, when you had said that it was this track that had been on the, uh, I think, it, was it Good Morning America? I can't remember. But I hated that that live version. So Duran Duran, if you're listening, and of course you are, um, <laughs> if you can play this track live, make sure that Toby Lowe is with you because she, her voice is just lovely in it. And especially like the last section of the song where she does, it's not really a rap, but it's kind of a, a singing talk kind of thing. And that just, it's such a great section of the song. So, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed uh, her collaboration on that one. And I think that's been one of the, really important things on future past are the collaborations that they've done. You know, they've, they've kept it really wide and varied the artists that they worked with. And, and I think they have just pulled it off very, very well. Absolutely. Yeah. Anniversary. I mean, I think we said at the time a tribute to themselves, which I really like that whole concept of, you know, I think the whole album is a celebration of 40 years. And I think the, the title of the album is absolutely perfect because it's a nod to the past while looking to the future. But very much immersed, obviously, in the here and now as well. But anniversary is very much just a Duran Duran song. Them having a great time and almost like saying, listen, we've been going for 40 years and this is magic. It's funny because I remember just being so giddy every time <laughs> they released a, a single before the release of the album. And then when we did the podcast about, about the album on the day of its release, we were just like, I think we were punch drunk about it all. And then it got to the point that, that I knew this podcast was coming up and I was starting to listen to Future Past a little bit more. And I was like, nah, am I going to find a bit deflated about Anniversary? And I was like, maybe maybe it was just too cheesetastic and, and just overly sentimental. And then I would listen to it and go, no, I think they hit the right tone on it. I really, really appreciated how much it seems like Simon was acknowledging how important the fans were to them and to the success of the band. And I just love that, you know, that the whole concept of, of anniversary and, and the, the video is just so much fun and it's just great. And, and I have put, I'm using the trademark here. It's definitely five white skinny jeans worth of dancing around the kitchen too. <laughs> Do you know what I, uh, interests me, which I thought was quite curious when I was thinking about this when I was, was listening to it again, kind of just what you were touching on there about how, that idea of being really excited when they were bringing out Invisible and then Anniversary and More Joy before the album, then the album itself. And I was trying to imagine what would have felt like if we hadn't been doing the podcast, because you know, like you're right in the middle of, we were right in the middle of being immersed in Duran Duran and where we were looking at the past, it was always with a view, even in the introduction to the podcast, we were talking at the time about hopefully there was a new album coming out in 2021. So we were all, we were kind of immersed in that Duran Duran world. And so I think, for me, it made the enjoyment of Future Past coming out, regardless of what it sounded like, much more because you felt more invested in it. That if we hadn't been doing the podcast, I'd still listen to it as a fan, but maybe not with that same excitement because I knew we were listening to it with a purpose as well. And we were, because we were so involved in what had been going on before. So I think that's been a real, I think it's just enhanced the whole experience of the, the new music for me, this podcast. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, I suppose the way that I think of it, I, have had my peaks and troughs with my listening to Duran Duran. And I was away for most of the 90s, I think, when it came to Duran Duran. And it was only when Astronaut came out and I was really into 
back into Duran Duran. You know, I went to so many of the, the gigs for that album, but then I didn't really follow through. I loved Astronaut for bringing me back into Duran Duran, but it didn't seem to have any staying power. Whereas this album, and maybe it is to do with the fact that we have spent so much time talking about it and listening to it and that sort of stuff. So that will bring that element and that memory that will add to the whole concept of future past for me. But this really feels like, please, 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 I hope they don't wait another five years to release another album, because I think this has just been too high a quality of an album to let it then fall into the Duran Duran trap of really great album than a piece of poo. So I've got my fingers crossed. (laughs) I think that's, I mean, I've never seen it. Some of the albums have been like top draw and other ones. I don't think any have been real, you know, with the exception of the Thank You album, been for me, been real absolute bombs. So, you know, for example, I still think Paper Gods is a really good album. And then they've just kind of been building. So I agree with you, but I hope it's not five years to the next one. What about the title track, Future Past? I said at the time, I thought it should have been a Christmas song. And when I listened to it again, I still think they missed a trick. This would be one of the... For me, one of the songs that, you know, a few people mentioned it in their comments that I find myself sometimes skipping it when I'm listening to the album. I think it's it's an okay song. I think as a Christmas song it would have been great and it would have been funny to see Duran Duran doing that. But I, it's, it's not one of my favourites on the album. What I've written down here is we started this podcast as almost like a trip down memory lane to go through the albums and relive our memories and talk about, you know, what our thoughts and feelings were about the albums. And I think this song just encapsulates for me the whole reason why we did the podcast. It's about the future, but it's also about the past of, of the band. That was my overriding thought when I was when I was listening to it today, that this track is our podcast. Interesting. <laughs> so it's almost the soundtrack to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The first of the bonus tracks, which is kind of not quite a was Velvet Newton, which I, again I hadn't realised at the time when I went to see them in Birmingham. That was the the music that they played just at the start of the intro to the show, which I can see again. I could see that being a perfect music just to play when the lights dimmed, everybody starts clapping, and then you know the band slowly come out of the shadows, and that's the song that's playing before they they bust into whatever it is they're going to bust into. Yeah, I think especially John's lazy bass that just kind of weaves throughout the the whole track. That would be amazing to just kind of build the the tension in the room for the band to get on stage. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that one. It would be a good opener. And then again, what, what I was going to do is come back again to the idea that some of these songs are almost linked as Beautiful Lies and Tonight United, which is the Giorgio Moroder tracks. I can see why they're, they're linked. They're very... You know, even without anybody knowing anything about music, you can see that it's the same people or the same person that's been working on them. Those are two of the songs that probably out of all the different influences and things that Duran Duran have, that kind of pure disco is probably my least favourite. I think Beautiful Lies is slightly better of the two songs. But if there's any wee dip in the album, it comes for me in the the middle of those future past Beautiful Lies and Tonight United. Starts strong, with a slight dip, and then builds to a crescendo again. And I think these two songs are... Are okay, but it, not, it wouldn't really be my my favourite type of Duran Duran music. I agree with you totally. I just, I mean, I loved the 80s synth sound, obviously, because, you know, Duran Duran were kind of embodiments of that sort of thing. But but yeah, Beautiful Lies and Two Not United are definitely the lower ranking tracks on the album for me as well. Um, I probably like Beautiful Lies 
a bit better than I like Tonight United. I would tend to skip over Tonight United, really. But yeah, there is definitely those two songs are the past part of the album and it definitely harks back to their 80s vibe. And I think as well, they'd said they'd always wanted to work with Giorgio Moroder because he had been an influence on them. So that was probably their opportunity to do that, to put those those songs in. And I suppose it's a nod to that influence that they definitely had. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we've kind of just decided that's going to be the, the end of the first half for the album. And then we'll, we'll go, we've got another seven tracks to go through. But what we'll do is we'll take a break for part 17 of the Duran Duran story, which, as always, is narrated by my daughter. I did text her when I was sending her it and said, when you get a chance, can you record the latest and final part of the Duran Duran story? To which she replied with a smiley emoji. Did she do a little dance as well? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But um, here is uh, my daughter, Rebecca, for the last time with the story of Duran Duran, part 17. The story of Duran Duran, part 17. And so our story of Duran Duran finally comes right up to date with the release of the band's 15th studio album, Future Past, which came out in October 2021 to great acclaim from fans and critics alike. The album is a celebration of the band's 40 years since the release of their debut album back in 1981. But while there is certainly a nod to the past, the sound is very much in the present while also looking to the future. As ever, Duran Duran are continuing to innovate and excite fans in the process, and the creativity they've shown on the Future Past album shows a band that want to keep moving forward and not remain standing still as a tribute act to themselves. Ahead of the album's release, the band unveiled a number of songs, including Invisible, More Joy and Anniversary, which only served to whet the appetite of fans for some new Duran Duran music. When Future Past came out in all its glory, they were not to be disappointed. Now the excitement builds yet again in anticipation of the Future Past tour and a set list that now spans 40 great years in music. What will they play? What will they miss out? And do we care because we'll love it all anyway? And as for the future, who knows what the next Duran Duran album will bring and when it will arrive, but it's guaranteed they'll be making patterns rhyme while we listen like some new romantics looking for the TV sound. I was trying to think of a way of recruiting her into doing the other podcast, but I thought I'll give her a wee break. Uh, so uh, thanks to Rebecca for telling us the story of Duran Duran in each of these episodes. Definitely owe you a beer or maybe even a bottle of wine. Thank you so much. I said, you know, we, we drew a line after the first half at Tonight United, and then we would start again with the remaining seven songs, uh, which starts with Wing. We'll go through them one by one. But I was just wanting to say as a general thing from Wing, Nothing Less, Laughing Boy, Hammerhead, even Invocation, More Joy and Falling. I'm not sure there is a better run of songs of consistently high. So I know not everybody's going to agree with me about More Joy, but you're wrong. But I think when I listened quite often, certainly you know before we started thinking about recording this episode, when I was just listening to Future Past in the Car, for example, I would often just start it at Wing and just listen to those seven songs. And I just think 
they're just almost perfection. Just every song you think, one great song, one great song, one great song, you think, this is just incredible. That's I see that's a band at the absolute top of the songwriting game for me. Absolutely agree with you on that one. I love the second half of the album. And even though I'm not the biggest fan of More Joy. No, I am the biggest fan of More Joy. You make up for for what I (laughs) lack in Joy for More Joy. You you definitely pick up the slack there. I think we talked about in the first podcast, it has felt like over time, there have been some albums where Dran Dran lost their confidence, lost their way a little bit. But this last half of the album, they are confident AF. I think, you know, it just really shows that they are class musicians. Simon's a class lyricist and they are just on fire, I think. And Wing, what a lovely song. You know, Dran Dran is fantastic when it comes to the slow tunes. But this is just, this has to be one of their classic songs, I think, you know. And I think as far as tracks go, it would have to be within my top five for sure. I think it's it's just brilliant. And Simon's voice, he does that soaring bit. It goes, you know, just just like, wow. In the last Future Past podcast, wow, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> I copyrighted that, actually. But um, <laughs> I would like to think, you know, going back to talking about what they're going to play live and how they're going to choose the live set. I mean, you could choose every one of those songs and probably play them back to back, actually, and, and it would go down a storm. I think you said in the last podcast we did about Future Past of one that, you know, there's a real James Bond cinematic feel to it. And there really is. It's definitely got a soundtrack feel to it, some epic movie or suspense thriller. It's just got that feel about it. The guitar riff's brilliant. It's a classic Duran Duran song. And yeah, I think it's I think it's an incredible song. And then it leads into so you read you listen to that and you think that's top notch. And then it leads into nothing less, which again I think Simon's vocals are amazing on that. I think it would be brilliant to hear that live. And at that point, it's hard to choose which is, I wouldn't even choose which one I prefer because I think the two of them are just, they're really just, they're right up there. I had referenced back on this one, and I think a couple of people have, have also mentioned it. It's so Roxy music. I think maybe it was Velvet Rebel who had had used the word esoteric. This is um, Simon's obscure songwriting. It's, you know, the, just the great, music and then I would assume it's Graham Croxon who played guitar on this one I haven't checked the notes but um there's that that guitar solo towards the end of the song it just it shreds if that's even still like a a term that's used for hot, hot guitar solos and I'm not even much of a like a guitar solo kind of person but it's awesome the next of the bonus tracks is Laughing Boy this should have been one of the original 12 again leading on from the other two it's on the deluxe version. I think it's a brilliant song. For me, you could have either added to or taken the place of one of the other songs. I think it's it's so good. It's funny. I've been kind of obsessed recently with this song, and I hope this doesn't ruin it for anybody, but I swear that the keyboard intro sounds just like the Dragon's Den thing here in the UK. And I'm afraid I keep hearing and thinking then about Dragon's Den as I'm listening to this song. <laughs> And I have to just go, forget about that bit. Just listen to the rest of it because it is a great song. I really, really like the chorus of this song. It's just Simon kind of, he goes along and then he hits the chorus and it just like goes up a notch. And I really, really enjoy that. And I just have to stop listening to the keyboards. So somebody have a listen of the Dragon's Den theme tune 
and see if anybody else agrees with me or am I just hallucinating? I'm going to do that as soon as we finish this podcast, actually, because I can't get it in my head at the moment, the theme tune, but I'm going to go and have a listen and then and see whether you're right or not. I hope I've not got it like totally dreadfully wrong, but <laughs> and it's been a long, long time since I've watched The Dragon's Den, but I'm sure it sounds very similar. Then moving on to Hammerhead with Ivorian Doll. Now, it was from the first time I heard this song, one of my favorites on this album. I just love how it has taken Duran Duran and moved it right into the 21st century by having Ivorian Doll as the rapper to do her piece. It's just amazing. And I wish that they had released this as a single or if they could release it as a single, because I think that would just pull in so many new fans because it is just a mixture of, of really modern music and the Duran Duran vibe. It's great. Because I think the first three are probably classic Duran Duran, brilliant mm-hmm. song, melody. I, I totally agree with you. I think the bass on Hammerhead is just extraordinary. I always look at Hammerhead and Invocation, which is the next song, because that almost kind of leads into it. I think at the time I said it was almost like giving people a wee breather after so many brilliant songs before they have the wee finale. But I, I think Hammerhead, and I totally agree with you. And I've said this before, I think sometimes music stations can be guilty of prejudging. So I listen to a lot of BBC Six music and I like it. Lorne Laverne's show in, in the morning is a great show. A lot of old music, a lot of new music. But I don't think she would ever play Duran Duran. But yeah, if you listen to that song without knowing who it was, it would sit very easily in her playlist of those shows because, as you say, it's so modern, it's so up-to-date. But as soon as they see it's Duran Duran, they'll say, no, nah, that must be for Radio 2. And I think that's a shame in a way because, you know, I'm not the demographic probably for a lot of the music they play, but because they do, I listen to, I've heard a lot of bands that maybe people who are my kids' age would like. So it's not like your ears close off when you get older, nor when you're younger do you shut yourself off from other music so I think sometimes there's a kind of narrow-mindedness in the way that radio stations schedule their music absolutely then when we move on to invocation you know you had mentioned that you felt like it was a really good way to slow things down a little bit but I actually maybe perhaps a bit of a controversial thought on this one but I think it's a weird place to put this stopgap um because more joy is such a joyful song that it feels really weird that hammerhead is is quite fast-paced and energetic and then to try to bring it down and then to to come back up again on more joy it feels a bit odd so I was kind of thinking that maybe it should have been put after tonight united so that we could then bring down the the vibe a little bit to then go into wing because wing is it is a quality song but it's it's a slower paced song as well I think and and I I would have put invocation there but invocation because the start of invocation is the end of hammerhead so they they have to go side by side. Otherwise, I think it would it would sound strange if invocation was was sort of randomly put elsewhere. Whereas for me, it should just be the same song. You know, like sometimes there's, there's the odd song where either the music fades and then comes back up, or else is the gap. And then it, so it's almost like for me, it's just hammerhead, and I've just slightly it's almost like a a jam at the end of it from what it was. But I think the, if you take one away from the other, you're as well not having it. I think. Which I wouldn't, to be fair, I wouldn't be, if Invocation wasn't there, if it just went from Hammerhead straight into more joy, I'd be quite happy. Well, yeah, I mean, we we talk about probably on every single Duran Duran album, the inclusion of, of instrumentals or these interludes. And uh, I think we, we both kind of scratch our heads a little bit and wonder why Duran Duran insist on putting these things in there. But uh, 
Yeah, I'm still waiting for the call. That <laughs> can be one of the many questions we ask when they come on the podcast. Definitely. Well, I have to say, I mean, obviously I've mentioned it throughout the podcast. I still love more joy. I think it is so joyful. It makes me smile whenever I, I hear it. I think it's kind of really playful. I think it's them just having a laugh. I think it's just that frivolous isn't the right word, but I just think it's it's them just doing something slightly different. I think Simon's voice is still great on it, but I love it. I love I love the song. I just, as I say, it just makes me smile. I think it's it's so wonderful. It's one of my, wouldn't make my top three Duran Duran songs, I don't think, but it would definitely be my top 10, definitely. I totally get what everybody says about how it is uplifting and, and joyful. You just can't help but, but use that word. I totally get that. And the poppiness of Chai's voices and the, the way that they've mixed it and they've, the way that they've produced it, totally get it. It's growing on me. I don't dislike the song at all, but what has crossed my mind as I've been, as I've been listening to it is what would it sound like without Chai being in it? Because it's still Duran Duran at their most joyful. And I, I think they could have done just as good a job on their own and being just as playful without Chai being there. And I would actually like to hear it live without Chai. Who would sing those parts then? Well, they just take them out. No, I think you need them in. I think I think you, I think you take something out of the song then. There you it's go. Interestingly, from the comments, it's one of the songs that people either really like it or they, they think it's one of the weakest songs. So, so it is a it, bit marmite, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does seem to. And I think at the time, I remember at the time, although I've been slightly perplexed at some of the the overreaction to it. That obviously all art form is so subjective. So if somebody reads a book and likes it or watches a film or looks at a work of art or listens to a bit of music, some people love it, some people hate it, some people not have much of an opinion, but it's just a subjective thing. But the way that some people were up in arms, <laughs> this was what Duran Duran were bringing out, you think, really? I mean, you need to get some sort of perspective. But, you know, it's like all the, the songs on the album, you know, one person's favourite could be another person's least favourite. That's I've no problem with that, but I'm all about more joy. And yeah, I think that song absolutely had to be on this album because it just embodies the future portion of the album. You can't get more futuristic than Japanese pop. Well, this was the song more than any other song on the album. But to my point earlier on about certain radio stations not playing Duran Duran, you know, this is very, very modern, very contemporary, as you say, bringing in young Japanese pop group. And as I say, if it had been any other band, it had been some other band who are kind of current doing that, they'd been getting airplay all the time and people raving about it and being innovative. But it was kind of, I thought, ignored rather unfairly, but I will always love it. And what I love about Duran Duran and what I love about this album, and, it, you know, I think the, say the sequence of these seven tracks just blows me away. But I love the fact that they go from something like More Joy, which is just really poppy, to the last song, which is Falling, which is it's almost like a grown-up song. It's quite serious. Mm. It's almost classical, the way they mute the, the piano throughout it. You know, we talked about, we'll have a look at what our favourite opening track would be on the albums. Falling is certainly challenging the, the chauffeur for me as the, as the best album closer. I, I think it is that good. Whenever I listen to it, I think Simon's voice, again, is great. But for me, it elevates Duran Duran beyond, you know, people say they're a pop band, they write great pop songs, which they do. This song, for me, just takes it to a different level. I think it's an extraordinary song, actually. 
I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think it is so sophisticated and elegant. That's the words I was looking for, but I couldn't find. <laughs> That's why I'm we work together. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it takes, you know, the chauffeur was done way back in the 80s and it's, it's a fantastic song. But this is like, this is the older, the wiser, the better musicians that Duran Duran has become. And I think that this does truly embody the, the mature musicians that they are. It's a great, great song. I'm still a bit mm, wishy-washy about the inclusion of Mike Garson playing his piano. I love the piano. It's really interesting you say that, right? Because my question would be back. You know, like you were kind of saying, you'd like to hear more joy without Chai. And you think it'd still be a... a so I, I don't think it would be. I think, you know, something's missing from it. I think without the piano, it diminishes the song. It's a good song. I think the piano gives it a gravitas. I mean, I love when all the other instruments kick in, especially the bass and the drums, but the piano at the start and all the way through just gives it something that I think without it would be, you'd be listening to it going, what is this missing from that, I think? Yeah, I'm not too sure. And and I kind of was having the same thought as, as with uh, More Joy, is like, what would it sound like without his piano in it? I always do wonder about these sorts of things, how these musicians come to to appear on other people's albums. So, you know, I know like with Hammerhead, I think it was Simon who reached out to Ivorian Doll to join in. I, I'm not sure about the story of how Tove Lowe got involved in things, but it feels like Mike Garson was a fan of Duran Duran and said, oh, can my people put me in touch with your people and can I appear on an album kind of thing? Well, funny, I thought it was the other way around because he'd been played with Bowie for years and years. And I wondered, for me, I thought that was more an acknowledgement of, well, again, another influence of them, of how influential Bowie was for them. But having somebody who I think had played with Bowie for so long and so many albums and, and you know, was a, obviously a close musical collaborator with them, that, that was my, I just presume that's why they'd got him. And I, I have no, I have no idea of who approached who on that one, but that was just kind of, that was one of the thoughts that was floating through my head as I was listening to the song, but it's not to detract from the song in any way, shape or form. I think it, it is just a classic closer. Definitely. Yeah. And I, again, that's one that I hope that they play live because I think it will blow the, the audience away. I think so. Yeah. So in terms of probably from when we first listened to it, and I don't know whether it was just, you know, obviously the initial euphoria. There's probably like two of the th- three of the tracks that I mentioned for me, Future Past, Beautiful Lies and Tonight United. I think they're okay. They're still decent songs, but they're, they're the slight wee dip in the album. But I think at the moment, it, without revealing what my top five are in its entirety, I think for me, Future Past would be in my top five, actually. I think it, it'll be included in my top five. You're right that there are a few that have maybe dipped ever so slightly on moving away from the first flushes of listening to the new album. But overall, it's been a class album. There haven't been any clangers at all on it. And I think it will stand the test of time. And it just, it really does, again, prove that these guys aren't has-beens who are just rehashing what, you know, they're not riding on the coattails of their past successes. You know, they're definitely moving forward and yeah it's, it's a class album obviously the album was delayed partly because of the pandemic that it maybe have come out a year earlier but certainly even the gap between uh, all you need is now and paper god so it's they are taking a bit longer with each album that i'm starting to wonder how many more albums that they probably think they've got because 
I think the type of band that they've always been. So they'll be in their mid sixties when the next album would come out, and it probably becomes increasingly difficult. They are still interested and still involved with music now, but I wonder whether if they got one more new album in them or another one or two. At the same time, thinking of all the other stuff that they've probably there's probably stuff that we've never heard that they've got. You know, because you think, well, that's fifteen songs that we've been through. How many songs did they bring to those sessions that we've I've never seen the later day? I don't know. I think I would never like to tempt fate and and say, oh, they've got a good few albums left in them or anything like that. But I think because they are such passionate fans of music, I think, and like we mentioned before about how encyclopedic John's knowledge is of music, I think that they would be the sort that even if they're sitting in their retirement home, they'll be messing around on their keyboards or with, you know, on their bass and that sort of thing. So whilst they Maybe they won't ever release another album. Who knows? But I think, and I hope in my heart of hearts, that they will just play music until they drop dead. <laughs> <laughs> or I drop dead. Whichever one comes first. I don't know. <laughs> I agree with you. I think they'll they'll definitely, given the success of Future Past and the quality of the songwriting, I suppose that's the, ultimately that's the thing. If, as long as they're writing those kind of songs, and you know, a few people alluded to it in their comments, and we've spoken about it quite often, that... I first saw them on Scottish TV back in 1981. You know, for me to have said to my 14-year-old self that you're still going to be listening to this band and listening to new music this band's going to bring it out in 40 years' time, would have just, would have actually scrambled my brain. But here we are. And I don't know about you, but I think mentally, I still feel like that 12, 13-year-old girl a lot of the times. And I think, you know, maybe that's the reason why my love for Duran Duran has endured because it has brought me good memories and it's evoked that and, and doing this podcast has just, you know, further reinforced that for me. But um, yeah, I think if it helps me or others to relive their youth, get a little more pep in their step by listening to Duran Duran tunes, then, you know, it can only be a good thing. But yeah, I remember, you know, when you're a teenager, you think anybody above the age of 30 is ancient. So goodness, do we think 60 is, is ancient now being well, the ages that we are? I was having this conversation the other day because I'm curious as to what point in your own life you start to feel old. Because obviously you, you do know that you're getting older and, you know, even just, for example, things like, so I still play football, but I'm much slower. It takes me longer to recover. I have aches and pains, but I'm still playing. But I still don't feel old. To your point of, you know, still listening to music, you still, you know, in your head, you still feel young. And I don't know if that ever leaves you. I hope not. I really, really hope not. <laughs> But reg- listen, regardless of what age, I'll still be listening to Duran Duran. Duran Duran forever. So I was going to say this could be quite emotional because this is the end of the podcast, but it isn't the end of the podcast, obviously. It's the end of the, the journey through the discography. We've done the, the 15 albums. We've done Future Past twice. But we've obviously said that we're going to do extra episodes on the opening tracks. It's probably worth doing one on the closing tracks as well. And then obviously, you know, we, we said earlier in the podcast, inviting people if they want, uh, and we really want people to sign up and uh, volunteer and be part of the top five. So basically all we're looking for is people to rank their, their 15, but we'd really be talking through your top five and your, your number 15, and that, that would be the basis of a whole new set of podcasts, just for some more Duran Duran chat so we can get together with other fans and just talk Duran Duran, really. Absolutely. We want to ring every ounce. <laughs> every drop that we can out of this band 
so that we can all love them as long as, as we possibly can. So yeah, please, please get in touch. Let us know what your, uh, your top five and, and your bottom last one is. And if you're willing to do it, let us do a podcast with you, you know, join in your voice to this one. And uh, the way that this, that the podcast has turned out, it has been so much a part of people talking to us on Twitter and putting forward your opinions. That's what's made this podcast. You know, if it was just me and you, Paul talking, yeah, it would be okay for a little while, but we need <laughs> other voices. So exactly. please, yeah, do, do pitch in and, you know, we would love to hear from everybody on yeah. that one. And the address is, you can email us at duranduran at paulcuddehy.com or via Twitter at albumsduran. And we know that we've got listeners all over the world. So we, whatever you are in the world, the wonders of modern technology mean that uh, we can chat to you wherever, whenever, and however. So we want to hear from Duran Duran fans near and far, and uh, we look forward to those chats. But that is us until, certainly in the terms of the discography, until Duran Duran get their finger out and give us another album. (laughs) No pressure. People just have to listen back through to the 15 albums again. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for listening in. Greatly appreciated. Thanks for joining us on the Duran Duran Albums Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you can subscribe to the podcast and rate and review us, that will help other Duranis to find us. And of course, if you can spread the word about the podcast, all the better. You can also let us know what you think of the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Albums Duran or email us at durandoran at paulcudahy.com. Join us next time on the podcast, and in the meantime, keep listening to Duran Duran like some new romantic looking for the TV sound.